Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 95 of Those Muckrakers. I'm Pete. And I'm Pat. And uh, Jesus Christ. So, I need to have a lot of notes. I've got a shit ton of news stories. Um, yeah, like I've been following the news um, vaguely, so like I got the gist of what's been going on the past few days, especially like today with the new impeachment hearings. But like I don't have like names down or specifics down or reminders, so I could easily just miss everything. Everything well, important anyway. I'm sure I'll remember like unimportant shit. We always do. This one's a fun one because uh, I call this one uh, why I hate substitutes and why they're not real teachers. Oh yeah, you know actually. I wonder if I agree with that. Do I? Yes, yes, I do. Because I've known, um, A, I've tried to be a substitute in the past, or I, I've, like, flirted with the idea in my head. And I've had a lot of bad substitutes in my day. I've had a lot of cool ones, right? Like, saying you're a bad substitute is not the same as saying you're a bad human being. It's not the same as saying you're a bad person. None of that. It's just saying that the position that you're in isn't really a real job. But do you agree with that, Peter, or do you disagree? No, I think most substitutes are subhuman at best. And I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> are, are you saying that they are bad people? Yes. Okay, okay. A Utah substitute teacher has been fired after launching into an anti-gay rant before a classroom of fifth graders. Really? Yep. That's, um... um... One of the students was adopted by professional choreographer Louis Van Amstel and his husband... Um, so this student, uh, they're in the classroom, uh, this, I guess it's near Thanksgiving, the substitute teacher's like, let's all go around and say what we're thankful for. And this little fifth grader, he goes, I'm thankful for my two fathers. And okay. then the teacher went into a 10 minute tirade about how homosexuality is wrong. <sighs> you know, this reminds me of, is this a little cartoon song, uh, public schoolhouse rock that I watched once? I think <laughs> it was from... Was there one about if you're a substitute, you shut your mouth and sit down? It's uh, There was one about substitute teachers, and uh, it was just like a hobo they found under the bridge, and they paid him like a bottle of liquor to get up and teach a class because the teacher wasn't in that day. She like had a mental breakdown and left, so they had to grab someone real last minute. And he was up in front of the class singing to him. It's like, two plus two is 112. Five plus five <laughs> is 30. Eight plus eight is, I don't know. That's why God invented calculators. And then <laughs> nice. he has like the whole class join in. It's really fun. So this one, uh, uh, basically, um, you know, it was so bad. Because you got to think, by the way, uh, 10 minutes in a classroom is in an astronomically long amount of time to yeah. like be listening to any kind of rant. My rule of thumb in teaching is that I try to give them enough information so they know what we're doing, and then I shut the hell up. Because your weakest part of your lesson is you talking. Um, but yeah, apparently, like that's the part where kids can uh, space out and not do anything. Believe me, I've been a student in classrooms. Well these, well, these kids didn't space out. In fact, it was so bad that some of them got out of their seats and went to the principal. That's how Good. crazy this person was. Yeah, I think I would have joined them. I don't know if I would have led that charge, but as soon as I saw someone getting up, I'd have been like, yeah, that's a good idea. And yeah, just anyway, like, this, anyway this, this substitute is is absolutely fired. But, like, so if you're a substitute, you're a glorified babysitter. None of this is necessary, and I don't know what, how this person thought that this rant was going to go down. I, I don't know. Like, I don't understand the rampant homophobia that still exists in this country, and I don't really understand how it got started, like, ever, unless, I mean, maybe uh, there's been, like, straight people in the past that were like, if I don't come out against it real hard, then people will think I'm gay, then none of the women will open their vaginas to me. But and so they have to, like, 
hate and attack gay people. But I mean, but do you need from, to come out real hard better... to a bunch of fifth? Like you're worried the fifth graders are gonna think you're gay, so you're like, <laughs> I better. <laughs> They'll tell their moms, and then I won't be able to pork them. They got, tell... I bet they got some great myths. They'll Milfs, tell their, I mean, they'll tell their two dads, and then their two dads will come make fun of me. <laughs> Like, um, I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I'm just talking like where it stems from, and then they just did it for so long that it became an ingrained trait. You know, I don't, I don't know, know, dude. Like, I, I because the, the seeds of thoughts, if you leave them equipped for too long, become ingrained, and then it starts affecting your stats in weird and interesting ways. Yeah, but just I, I'm man. talking about a video game called uh, Disco Elysium. It's a new game. You should check it out sometime. You play as a uh, a drunk detective, who you equip ideas like. Um, uh, gear or equipment and they give you stats right like you can if you um, defend women's rights to vote you'll receive feminism and then you can put it on as like a thing that'll give you like plus intelligence but if you leave it equipped for too long it becomes ingrained and becomes difficult to unequip because now you're really starting to think like a feminist and be more like a feminist and that will remove dialogue options in the future if someone's being like super hateful towards women you would have been able to you know join them and make fun of those women but you're you're becoming a feminist now you can't attack them anymore this really sounds like a reddit red pill game <laughs> Kind of. I mean, you can do that with uh, racism, too. Like, there's a super racist guy in the game, and if you listen to him for long enough, you'll begin to equip, like, racist stats. And um, But you can't do that if your int's too high. So you can't have, like, compassion or intelligence if you want to be a racist. But if you have, like, neither of those, you can go down the racist route and, like, have super ingrained racist thoughts. Well, speaking of uh, racism, a teacher in Texas may be allowed to return to her job after being fired in June for tweeting to Donald Trump and asking for his help in ridding all of the illegal students at her school. <laughs> Good. Let her get now, fired. Now she, no, no, no. She's already been fired, but she may be getting her job back because they jumped the Why? gun. And I guess they forgot to cross a T or dot an I when they fired her. Well, shit. Yep. Um, I mean, shit. they were stupid enough to hire her in the first place, so it well, doesn't it surprise gets, me. It gets even better. The tweet, I'm going to give you the tweet, and it says, um, <clears throat> end quote, uh, Mr. President, Fort Worth Independent School District is loaded with illegal students from Mexico. Uh, she wrote on May 17th in her now-deleted Twitter Bull, account. Bullshit uh, Rebecca, it is, but continue. Rebecca, 1939, anything you can do to remove the illegals from Fort Worth would be greatly appreciated. She also asked Trump to help protect her identity if she were to report and said, <coughs> said illegal students to the authorities, and she didn't want any recrimination from her actions. At the time, can she I, told uh, the Washington Post that she did not realize that tweets were public. She thought they were a private message between herself and the president. Oh, my God. Um, this person but... is so dumb. They tweeted at the president and were like, please keep my identity secret. Like, you should be fired just for being that stupid. You shouldn't be allowed to teach other human beings if you're that fucking dumb. I, I can speak on this and say bullshit that there are illegal or undocumented immigrants at their school because I actually, as a reporter, I spend a lot of time covering like um, local businesses and local schools. And one thing I can tell you is that schools are budgeted around uh, the number of students they have in there, and they are very careful not to admit students whose parents aren't paying taxes. If there are undocumented students, if there were, then that means that they have confirmed beyond any shadow of a doubt that that person's parents are paying regular taxes so most likely if they're doing that they're also a normal citizen or a naturalized citizen or well, whatever are, you call there it are, there, it's different different places there are some places that like 
you know, uh, the, the school doesn't really. You you do need the some count, info. The county will come down super hard on the school if they start. Yeah. Uh, letting students go there because the local taxpayers get pissed off if they find out that their dollars are going to help people that aren't their children and you know the other people that are paying into the pot, right? They want to make sure that everyone. But but whether illegal for. whether illegal immigrants or not are going to your school as a teacher, your job is to teach whatever children are scheduled in your class, regardless of their immigration status. And this is why I believe that this woman should be uh, turned out into the desert. Uh, to wander the wastelands, because fuck her, man. That's really fucked up. Absolutely, and I'm just saying she's wrong on many, many levels. I'll tell you one thing. As an educator of uh, of children, of, of immigrant parents or immigrant children, dude, give me all the immigrant children. They are the best fucking students. They're awesome, yeah, most but, for the most part. Like, they're incredible. Yeah, like, we haven't even started to discuss that. So, like, that's a whole other subject. I, continue. I would rather ship them? American students back overseas and keep my immigrant students just because like they're so on the ball like they're so i don't i don't know why i don't know if it's because like they've seen what like the other side looks like but god damn yep and that's probably going to be me getting fired (laughs) a local teacher says he wants to deport legal students Uh, i mean i thought a podcast was a private conversation between me and the internet (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I wasn't going to say. As far as deporting the students, it reminds me of whenever Satan was killing Saddam Hussein in uh, South Park. He was like, where am I supposed to go? Detroit? It's like, I mean, where are they going to go if you deport them? They go right back to America and right back to your classroom, and then they're steamed at you for uh, calling uh, ice on them. Nobody likes a narc, man. Don't be a fucking narc. You know what I mean? That's. I agree. Stitch er, Snitches get stitches. Yeah, this lady deserves all the stitches. Speaking of stitches... um. I, there's a new story here about a 65-year-old man from Maine who I'm pretty sure dies like how I'm going to die. He was fatally oh, yeah. shot to death after he triggered a booby trap he had set in his own house. <laughs> yep, that's 100% how you're going to die. The police department in Van Buren, Maine, received a phone call Thanksgiving evening from the man, Ronald Sear, 65, saying he had been shot! The department said a Facebook post, so they responded with emergency medical help, but he died as a result of the injuries. They discovered the front door had been outfitted with a device to fire a handgun should anybody attempt to enter the door. Uh, they also discovered other unknown devices in his two-story home. I can only imagine that there was a door gun, maybe a toilet gun. You know what I mean? Like, Do you think they had to like call uh, SWAT to like go through his uh, house and make sure that... You know, yeah, they can disarm all the traps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got to call like people that or can... Or un- a robot. I would have sent a robot in. I would they just have throw, those, right? I would just throw rocks in. <laughs> just see what what went yeah. off. But uh, that just seems like the kind of like, you're like, no one's getting into my house. And then one day it's just, you're tired. You know, you're like coming back from the grocery store. Your hands are full. You're fuddling with the keys. You know, you drop your keys and that like really pisses me off. And then you open the door before you go, ah, I forgot about my door gun. Pa-pow. <laughs> yep. And then you're just, and it sucks because he would live long enough to think about how stupid he was and had time to call the cops before he died. Yeah, and I mean, these highly paranoid, uh, I'm guessing he was a Trump supporter. Like, I mean, it is good to know that some of them get Darwin, but To be fair, this is like, this is up in Maine, and you got all, you got all types up there. A lot of like survivalists, you know, like, so he may not be a Trump supporter. He may just be like your run-of-the-mill tinfoil hat, I got a gun tied to my door kind of guy. But also, I'm going to go ahead and just, this is, this is my thing. If I have booby-trapped my door... 
I am no longer ever going to use that door to enter my domicile. Oh, yeah, just use the window. That way you don't have to worry about disarming the door gun. Right, because it's got to be a pain. you got to take the door gun down. you got to set door gun up. Just use the back door. That's what I would do. I'd always use the back door. I, but then, like, if I was someone that was going to break into your house, I'd look around and notice, huh, so there's, like, no dirt on his uh, front, car or front like, um, welcome mat, but there's a ton of it on the back one. I bet I should use the back door. That's because like, that's you're sort a of a dead giveaway. You would have to... That's because you're a serial killer. Like, you're not, like, a run-of-the-mill burglar. <laughs> you're, like a, you're, like, a fucking creepy, just, like... And I know that when I watched you sleep, that maybe... <laughs> Maybe he comes in through the back, and I would watch you sleep for days. Like that, you you put a ridiculous. I'm just saying, amount. there's there, there's an easy fix to this though. Just like walk up to your front door, stomp around a bit, and then go to the back door. That way, it looks like both of them are being used. Yeah, or maybe just don't put a door gun on your door. Well, no, this hypothetical, you're using a door gun, so you gotta maybe, you gotta fix all these. Um, maybe you just stop being a cheap ass and shell out some money for like bring some security. You know, I'll tell you what. Here's the <laughs> best home defense a person can have, right? Can a rooster. You some, so I was gonna say a rooster or some dogs, man. Some cuddly, cuddly dogs. Yeah, dogs are good. That'll scare most burglars away. There, or at least it'll alert you to the fact that someone's entering your house. Because uh, dogs are, will be very noisy about that. And they'll have your back when the burglar's trying to kill you. You know what I mean? I mean, wasn't there one comedian that said, uh, no, they won't, not if the burglar brought, like, sausages? Said, oh, no, you killed my owner. Guess I'm your dog now. Maybe, but it's better than a door gun. That's all I'm saying. Man, yeah, the dog's not going to shoot you in the chest whenever you come in through the front door. Speaking of people, that would be pretty cool if my dog shot me. <laughs> Oh, Yeller got his revenge. Speaking of uh, people that, sh oh man, should have been shot by a door gun. Um, did you hear the news about Kid Rock? Um, yes, he was uh, removed from some place for talking about Oprah Winfrey, right? It gets even better than also, if you can look up pictures of Kid Rock right now, man, how our youth has died, gotten fat, and just turned super racist. I do remember listening to him when I was a kid. Since you just yeah. said that, yeah, he was he was like anti-establishment. You know what I mean? Fuck this, fuck that, Kid Rock. Yeah, like, and he's now the real he's McCoy. just and yeah, and now he's this fucking fat stooge who loves the president and like, God, man, like, what happened to this guy? Anyway, um, was he invited to the White House a few times? Oh yeah, yeah, he loves Trump. Ah, <sighs> yeah, I remember that now. God. This has been such a weird presidency. Like, this right. is the first president in history that's, like, stormed out of a meeting with a foreign leader saying, you're making fun of me, sad disaster. He's well, the he just did that with uh, Trudeau earlier today. He just, he left. He's the first president. I guess racism makes strange bedfellows. Yep, yep. Because uh, people that are racist are not our best and brightest folks, Peter. They've got lots of problems. So, yeah, you're only going to find, like, the bottom of the barrel type of uh, human scum you know, floating around in the Trump toilet. I mean, I've always known that Kid Rock is scum, but at least he was, like, cool anti-establishment scum. You know, like, I don't trust any government. Yeah, yeah. And now he's just like, ooh, Trump's penis. Like, so... Uh, I he... wonder if all of that uh, anti-establishment stuff was always just, like, veiled racism or, like, masked racism. I don't like the government because they give black people equal rights. If you They're listen to, to his early albums... I don't think and I don't I don't think he started out as a racist piece of shit because he was very like he had to work uh, at it. There's there's a song about like tripping on mushrooms and like and this like uh, I think this song is actually called Black Chick White Guy, like so they had like this weird high school like kind of like romance 
he was a rapper. So I don't think he started out as a racist fucking moron. Uh, it goes back to the Disco Elysium uh, theorem where he just equipped racist thoughts and he left them <laughs> equipped for too long and then they just became more ingrained. And as he got older, his brain rotted and became one with the racism. So he goes So now on... he is the one that can pass on the racism <laughs> so to others. He goes on stage in his own restaurant or bar, whatever this fucking place is. Uh, the damn, this damn news story doesn't have a name of it, but it was crazy. Anyway, it's, it's, cause it's got a weird dumb name, like Kid Rock's Best Fucking Bar or something like that, right? Right. Anyway, he goes on stage, um, and he just starts ranting about Oprah Winfrey. Uh, yeah. he tells the crowd, fuck Oprah. Oprah Winfrey's like, hey, I just want women to believe this shit. Fuck her. She can suck a dick sideways. Um, yeah, I heard that. Did he say anything else besides that? Because the suck a dick sideways was one thing that I heard from that, and I just kind of shrugged at it and thought, yeah, I mean, that sounds like him. Well, he had it in a treat. He said, my people tried to get me to do the Oprah Winfrey show, and her people wanted me to write down five reasons why I loved her and her show. I said, fuck that and her. End of story. I don't um, believe him. I don't I believe mean, him. <laughs> like, that's also, so weird. I can't imagine Oprah ever requiring that. He also attacked other talk show hosts, Joy Behar and Kathy Lee Gifford, uh, he recently he he previously clashed with Behar and called her bitch on an episode of The View, which she hosts. Uh, oh, he concludes his bizarre rant with, uh, "If you say that, you're like, hey, well, pretty sure Kid Rock's a racist." I'm like, okay, fine, fuck off sideways. Really obsessed with the sideways. Anyway, he was drunk and he was removed by his own security from his own restaurant. Nice. Was he removed sideways? <laughs> Take me out the side door, sideways, because that's how I'm so drunk. Everything is to me, it's upright, but to you, it looks sideways. Man, fuck Oprah Winfrey, like, oh man, um, this guy. Everyone, be... look under your seats. You get a racist rant. You get a racist rant. Everybody here in this bar gets a racist rant. Woo! He, he, I will say this. I did respect him a few years ago for being real, because he got in a fight at the Huddle House or the Waffle House at like <laughs> two a.m. It's like at the height of his fame. He's rich. You know what I mean? He's got money, like women. He's got people to go do shit for him. And he's still holding it down at the Huddle House going, well, man, if you like Oprah Winfrey, you can take outside and I'll punch your dick sideways. Like, so I don't know. At least you got to respect he is being true to the white trash Detroit roots he came from. I, I mean, like nothing he said and all that was overly offensive like for him anyway if i was oprah winfrey i would have just like shrugged and been like okay whatever he's just trying to get attention it's weird that his own security was for him yeah it's weird that his own security was like this is too much like you would assume they'd be like oh he's giving him the old suck a dick sideways speech yeah i actually misheard you at first but either way is correct i thought you said his own insecurities were like this is too much i got oh no that's even better this. and then he was taken off stage by his own insecurities <laughs> when i'm rich that's what i'm gonna have i'm not gonna have a security detail i'm gonna have an insecurity detail and they're all gonna be responsible for having one embarrassing memory that i tell them and so anytime i'm like oh no like, yeah anytime i'm like oh but we're freaking sucking dicks so, you know they're just gonna be like hey Remember that time that you called every girl in seventh grade and asked them out and they all said no? And I was like, oh, man. Hey, remember that time you were walking with a girl and you said that she was short and you felt like self-conscious about that? So you're like, oh, but I mean, but you're still really pretty. And then you realize, oh, I don't really know this girl. And then you just like walk together for the next five minutes in total silence because you yep. were both sent somewhere by the teacher. <laughs> yeah, remember that. Have you met you're my like, insecurity? okay, I'll have leave. You, I'm sorry, my, Oprah. Have you met my insecurity team? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, fucking, oh, fucking. You know, I would, I would 
still totally support Kid Rock. Like I said, if he wasn't all over Trump's dick and balls, that's the thing that bothers me. Uh, yep. But, you know, can't win them all. Uh, so, we got a delicious Dear Wesley here for you. Hell yes, hit me with it. Dear Wesley, help, should I narc on the illegal tenant living in my attic? Yes, Jesus Christ, that's not a snitches get stitches kind of thing. That's a fucking uh, hobo in the attic. Jesus Christ, <laughs> get him out of there. What the fuck are you doing? That sounds like America's greatest board. They're not part of your board. tribe. That sounds like America's greatest board game. Hobo in the attic. <laughs> Don't wake daddy when you sneak downstairs to steal his food from the cupboard. <laughs> so, uh, Wesley, I'm not the bad guy. One of the owners of my apartment building, who will be named E, has rented out her storage unit in the attic to the, the person known as X. This is against the rules of our homeowners association, and E did not ask permission. We only heard after X had moved in, so the housing authority decided to give X six months to find alternative housing because we didn't want to leave her homeless. X has tried to convince us to let her stay several times, and we have told her, it's nothing personal, we just don't want anybody living in the attic. We will not change our minds, and we do not want to discuss, to discuss this further. Uh, I'm actually on... Normally, I'm like fucking narcs. I'm actually on their side. No! Yeah. I don't want someone living in my fucking attic. It's weird. Stop asking me. Yeah, straight from the get-go, I was like, what? No, if this is just a fucking stranger? Like, if this was a, a dear friend or family member or something, I'd be like, well, maybe you should just, like, suck it up. But no, this is just, like, someone's in your attic now. That's creepy. Get, get rid of them. And also ask E to leave. Uncle in the attic. Well, no, E owns the fucking building. Ah. Uh, also, so, ask E to leave. E I'm standing gone. by that. <laughs> so, uh, Fill E's a... bed full of ants. What are they doing here? I didn't want ants. I didn't want someone living in the attic. And we all got problems. So X wrote a letter in which she begged us to let her stay, and she delivered a copy personally to us and to the tenants of the other two apartments. In a the copy? letter, we are painted as the bad guys who are selfishly denying her living space in a very expensive city, booting her from the first place that felt like home to her. All the other owners were like out there. home. She's been there for no time, less than six months. And the entire time she's been there, she's been unwanted by everyone currently living there. How has it felt like home? So all the other owners rent out their apartment. So I assume the tenants don't know the situation. They have moved in recently and we are hosting a potluck dinner in two weeks so we can get to know each other. I heard X chatting in the hallway with one of them and they seem to be on very friendly terms. One of the tenants asked me why I haven't invited X and what I have against her. She's living in my attic! <laughs> like, fuck her! Yeah, like, well, what do you have against her? She's a fucking stranger! Like, why didn't you invite that guy down the street right there? The one waiting to cross the road? Yeah, the one smoking and, like, walking a dog. Go ask him to join us. No, because you don't know him exactly! The last time we spoke with X about this issue, I explained that one of the reasons we don't want this space rented out permanently is that it's right above our toddler's bedroom. Ever since she learned this, she started playing loud music after midnight twice in a week's time. To wake up the baby? Yep. This has never happened once before. Please, do you have an idea what I can do? Do I invite her to the potluck? I have no, no leverage with X because we have promised her she can stay six months, four months ago. Uh, e, the owner, is very uncooperative because she wants the additional income and works abroad, so she will be no help if X refuses to move out or continues the nightly musical disturbances. Wesley, what do I do? I like the uh, accompanying piano music. Um, okay, so I already, like, blew my Wesley load whenever I was, like, put ants in E's bed. Because <laughs> that's definitely going to be the Wesley answer. Oh, I got to Go ahead. I was just saying, I forgot to do it. You got to put ants in her bed. <laughs> 
there's, there's a rocket in my pocket. I don't know what that means. Just something else that came to mind. It's funny we uh, just said snitches get stitches because I would snitch so fast. I would call every city agency and be like, hey, are you? who do I call about illegal housing? Is there anybody else I can call? I'm going to call all of them. Yeah, this is, this is not a snitching situation. This is a fucking stranger living in your attic who needs to get the fuck out. Also, the right? stranger has like, declared war on you. They are fucking with your baby. Yeah, I would fuck with them by uh, filling my attic full of, like, shit, right? Like, not literal shit. Maybe, yeah, literal shit. But I was just trying to, like, think of, you know, just keep all my boxes and things up there. Like, ah, I gotta, you know, I have all these cement blocks that I just need to fill up every last inch of this space with. Is this your bedroom? No, it's my attic. So I'm filling it full of my spare cement blocks. (laughs) I think I would, uh, I would find just, like, endless loops of, like, the sounds of babies crying. And so I'll find out when she needs to sleep, and I would fucking find a way so that, like, clearly, if you can hear the music from her room, she can hear the music from your room. So I'd be like, get ready to hear Baby Cry at really high decibels. You know that song, uh, Hey, Yeah, 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 Yeah? Uh, I would turn that up to full volume, like, just full blast, the 10-hour version of it, and just have that going in an endless loop while she's trying to sleep. Yeah, there's no way I'd wait the next four months after they already started fucking with me. You know what I mean? I might yeah, no, feel bad. Like that, that's, they... that is war at that point. Yeah, it's war, bitch. And you don't have the you don't have the even footing. Uh, also, I would find I would I would oh man, I just go up to the roof and drill small holes where I knew the attic was or fucking attic leaks, bitch. Okay, so I imagine how she gets down from the attic is like a ladder or a drop down or something, right? I like assume it's got that... I assume it's got its own separate entrance. I'm, I'm picturing like the ladder from Chevy Chase's vacation, uh, so Christmas vacation. Oh, so, if that um, was the if that was the if that was true, uh, I would just put a bunch of shit under the ladder. Good luck getting out, motherfucker. Yeah, that, that was that was the next thing I was gonna say is, uh, oh, what you gotta do is you take like a kiddie pool and you fill it full of pudding, and then you just push it right where she has to get down at, so that whenever she goes to leave, she gets pudding on her feet, and that'll be funny, ho ha. Yeah, fuck that lady, man. Like, oh, I hate it when people like are. Or don't understand the basics of like, no, this is why things are, and then they want to get shitty about it. You know those um, paper wasp nests? Yes. You think you could like put? <laughs> you know where I'm going with this? Oh yeah. Put one of those in a bag and like bring it to the attic. Open that little door, like toss it in there, then close it. Yep, wasp. Yeah, for sure. Like I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. I'm all about the wasps. I'm cool with that. Yep. Oh fuck, my god, yeah, that would yeah. be amazing. Oh, it feels like a home. Go find another home. No one told you to live in the expensive ass city. Yeah, yeah, and you've been there for two months. Like Sounds... again, I said no. Like no one's wanted her to be there the entire time. So there's always been tension during the of... two months she's been there. What how is of... how is this home? Yeah. What kind of home do you come from, you crazy bitch? Uh, 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 uh. Well, uh, to take it down to some local news, um, do you remember uh, that paper mill uh, all around Georgia called Union Camp? It's like a giant paper mill i will say yes for the sake of the story all right well they changed their name now to georgia pacific anyway that's not that just just because that's part of the news uh my grandpa used to work there when he was like younger and at some point his finger went into a paper machine and it mashed he like almost lost the end of his finger like he's got like a tiny little baby fingernail now well shit so uh in georgia news an employee dies after falling into the pulper machine at a georgia pacific paper mill did they still sell the paper that's a good question. I wonder if they were like, eh, it's mostly good. Because <laughs> um, someone's going uh, to have red splotches on, uh, on these sheets, but I mean, eh, who'll notice? I mean, they're gonna, someone's going to have to clean it up, and that's going to be fucking awful. 
Uh, it said the employee witnessed the individual fall in, but were unable to push the emergency stop quick enough. One employee called the situation, quote, horrific. Do you think it was a murder? You know, like, um, I saw a while back on, I think it was A Thousand Ways to Die, this one guy decided to kill his boss by, like, running at him and shoving him into a vat of, like, boiling lead or something. But mm -hmm. his boss was, like, casually walking along, and the employee missed him, flipped over the railing, and went straight into the pot himself. I, don't I wonder if it was murder. like that, but successful. I don't think so, because all those places have cameras. <clears throat> Maybe. Maybe the camera fell into the pulper, too. And that and just wasn't so. important enough to make the news. And I think that would be like shooting somebody in the bank. You know what I mean? You think so? Yeah. You're like If you're like, I'm going to go in this bank, and I'm going to shoot someone in the face, and it'll be the perfect crime. No. A lot of cameras in banks. Yep. Yep. whole lot of cameras. But, I mean, there's no pulping machines in banks. Maybe if there were, there'd be a lot more successful bank robberies. Just walk in there and, like, push the teller into the paper pulper. But what a horrible way to go. And what a, I don't know who I feel worse for, the guy that got pulped or the guy that was like, oh, it's too slow. Um, I mean, that guy has to live with the fact that he's not fast enough to hit a goddamn button, right? That's not like, fair. You don't know how far away the button was. You don't know what the pulper looks like. You can't blame that, dude. Yeah, and he has to live with the knowledge that he does know. He does know. <laughs> Do you think he knows it better now? Like, whenever he returned to work, he, like, worked out, like, the quickest possible routes to the button and, like, started moving obstructions out of the way of it, increased the visibility of it, maybe, like, added a lamp so that it's shining on it. Or if it was Wesley, he would just come into work with a really long stick taped to another long <laughs> stick. No way, if anyone falls in the pulper, I can press it with my long stick. <laughs> God, I feel like I feel like walking Phoenix now. It's so hard to stop laughing. I don't know who again. I don't know who I feel worse for: the guy that got pulped, the guy that saw it, or the guy that will inevitably have to fucking clean this up. Because after CSI is done, they're just gonna be like, "Well, we don't want the pulp." Yeah. So you know what I mean, I mean, like someone's gonna have to pick his pieces out of a bunch of paper pulp. <laughs> It's like, uh, you know, whenever they find shredded documents and they have to, like, put them yeah. back together because it's like in a that. crime scene? Be like what? that, yeah. They'll put them back together, like, staple it. That way they can give them an open casket funeral. Basically, it'd be like if you put a bunch of paper and stakes in a shredder, and then you got to put the stakes back together. That's what I imagine it looks like. Yeah, yeah. God. I wonder... Well, they should yeah. give like that job to uh, to the employee that couldn't get to the button fast enough, just to like ruin his day again. No, oh, that would be mean, man. I feel like it's gonna go to guys like me who always had that bottom basement job where they're like, "We brought you boys on to do some to do some cleaning up," and I tell you what, we need some cleaning up. And you're like, "Ah, oh, fuck! Why did my shift fall on a Thursday?" <laughs> I'm picturing them like handing it to Wesley again, and Wesley. <laughs> Wesley would just be like, oh, what I did is I went home and I fed them to the dogs. Had a little Mrs. Dash, and they couldn't tell the difference. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's going to be really awful when someone buys a pack of paper, and they're like, why is there a finger in this paper? It's going to be really awful when that guy's relatives are, like, listening to those muckrakers in a few years, and they're like, oh, my God, they're talking about Jim. Well, it's definitely, definitely, definitely going to be a closed casket funeral. I mean, if they gave him his parts to Wesley, then yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh, man. Yeah, just... I feel like today's episode should just be like a thousand ways to die because they're like, man shot himself with own fucking uh, booby trap. Man fell into pulper. Do we have any other death stories? Oh, we have the death of democracy with um, the impeachment hearings. I actually have, a, I know what it's like to carry out execution stories. 
I, yeah, you sent me that earlier. Yeah. Let's hear that one instead. Uh, very quickly with the impeachment, if anyone cares, uh, stop, because you shouldn't care until something actually happens, which it won't, because Mitch McConnell's going to block it whenever it reaches the Senate. That's the long and short of it. Like, okay, the Democrats released their book. No surprise. Trump's guilty as hell. All right, moving on. What's it like to execute people, Pete? Can we get Trump to visit <clears throat> Georgia Pacific? Can <laughs> we tell him that only the best and biggest people stand near the pulper? And maybe can't. I feel like I'm straying into territory where we say we can't threaten the life of a president. Yeah, like a, a chicken nugget on a stick and like hold it over the pulper to see if he goes for it. Would that be considered threatening the life of a president to say I he would go for a chicken him, nugget? If you and just tell himself? him that inside the pulper are those missing Hillary emails and he's the only one that can get to them. You got to also say there's dirt on Joe Biden down there. Yeah, there's dirt on Joe Biden down there. <laughs> oh, Big Lee. And he'll jump in. Well, uh, the trauma of America's... Oh, no, and then the guy that wasn't able to reach the button last time would reach it in time for Trump, and he'll be like, I did it! I did it! Wait, why is everyone mad at me again? No! <laughs> so, uh, this is an article from The Atlantic. It says, I know what it's like to cure out executions. Um, we've talked about this before, but I guess this will be our, like, hey, America, what you doing, corner? Um, okay. Basically, this guy is a correctionals officer and talks about the professionalism of many correctionals officers, and the, the thing he brings up, he's from Oregon, He's been doing it for 55 years, and he says basically it's very expensive to put people on death row, and it also has a profound and traumatic effect on not only the person being killed and the family being killed, but also the other correctional officers and administrators. And I never thought about that. I guess I thought that all prison guards were like kill-happy monsters, and I never thought about them being human and having to go home and be like, how was your day, honey? Well, I killed a man today. <clears throat> And I'd imagine it's a mixed bag, right? Like, there's probably some assholes that are desensitized to it, or even worse well, assholes I that enjoy you it. Don't let those but... guys near the needle. Like, the guys are like, "Let me do it. Put me in, coach." Like, that's probably not the guy because he's gonna fuck it up. Only if the person who decides who has the needle themselves have empathy, you know, yeah. then they would be like, "Oh, maybe we shouldn't." But you know, in general, I'd imagine there's got to be at least a few psychopaths that do thoroughly enjoy it. But for the most part, most people aren't monsters, and they would feel bad for having to kill people for a living. Well, he brings up a really good point. He says, yes, the individuals on death row committed serious crimes and should be severely punished for their actions. But the men I have known who were sentenced to death were poor, mentally ill, and severely abused. Executing them was just more injustice. And that's, yeah, I think that's the kind of thing with the United States death penalty. And they bring this up because they're reinstating the federal death penalty. I guess right. it was a state-by-state -state thing, and now I guess the feds can seek the death penalty on a federal level. And he's saying it doesn't do any good. It doesn't bring closure. It doesn't bring a sense of justice. It just per perpetrates one more injustice uh, on people, and it's expensive. And we could be using that money to do better other things with prison. Yep. I mean, yeah, um, the death penalty tends to be more expensive. For whatever reason, it tends to be more expensive than just keeping someone in jail for life. It's just, uh, there's a few reasons why they do it. Like, it's just a holdover from the old days where if you kill people, they kill you. And so people have just kept that up because it's a tradition. You know, what I call the, uh, the fifth monkey rule. Mm -hmm. But um, <clears throat> then besides that other people argue well it's a deterrent even though it's been proven over and over again that it's not a deterrent people knowing that you will die if you commit certain crimes will never stop them from committing those crimes because there's got to be something fucked up with people once they're ready to uh kill someone in yeah. you know a case of murder in the first place 
But it's so, just interesting because I never thought about it being traumatic on the people that you know pulled the switch, which yeah. is interesting. Um, God damn, this has been a depressing. Let's get into another Dear Wesley to kind of kind of pep us back up a little bit. Good. Do you want to hear the fifth monkey story? Oh, I know about the fifth monkey story. It was a whole scientific experiment where they put a monkey in a thing, and then when he touches the thing, they spray him with a fire hose, and then they do that, yeah. and then eventually uh, the other monkeys come in and try to touch the food, and then the other monkeys won't let them, and then they eventually there's all new monkeys, but they've all been trained by tradition not to touch the thing, and they don't know about the fire hose. Yeah, well, that's that story's kind of out of order, but yeah. yeah. Just um, there, there were five monkeys, and if they tried to do a certain thing, they were sprayed with water, and then gradually they replaced one monkey at a time until none of the monkeys in the room had ever been sprayed by water if they tried to do the thing, but they would still instinctively attack other monkeys and stop them from doing it. This just describes... Because like, they've been attacked by others that did This just it. describes Wesley's thought processes when he's telling us stories. Oh, guys, that's whenever I was walking over to get a banana, and then my dad sprayed me with a water hose. So I was like, you and yours, and I didn't touch the banana. We're like, the fuck? <laughs> so, dear, <laughs> dear Wesley, uh, this one is called, Dear Wesley, Boss Shrugs Off Concerns About Raunchy Talk at Work. Ooh, I have a feeling this huh? one's going to be what a bitch. Yeah. Dear Wesley, my husband works with a group of men who often become vulgar in their conversations. My husband was raised to have respect and dignity, so he is uncomfortable with it. Is he, or is he just telling you that? I, I don't know, but, like, I don't well, know. Well, these men... I, I've, I've known very smarmy individuals that were all like, yeah, I'm uncomfortable with the way you're talking. But I don't know. Aren't those a dying breed? I think most people are um, not little bitches. Well, it says men discuss their, these men discuss their wives and girlfriends in explicit detail. Some of them have daughters. This is insane. But they want someone talking about their daughters like that? My husband tries to ignore it or change the subject. Although he gets stressed about it, he can't go to the boss because his boss chimes in. The boss once said, oh, it's just men talking. My husband finds the whole thing disrespectful. He could go to human resources, but he's not sure he should. What should he do? Um, get a different job if it bothers him this much. Because there's a thing called uh, uh, corporate culture, where yeah. once you join a business, there's a certain atmosphere within that business, and everyone needs to maintain that atmosphere to maintain productivity. Like, that's uh, a big part of um, what I studied with leadership, is that every business has its own unique culture, and you got to go with that particular flow once you're there. Otherwise, it's very disruptive to the entire workplace. If one lone individual just can't take it, but everyone else there is fine with it, then that one lone individual needs to find themselves uh, a job where right. they're happier. I, but I, I, I don't think that anybody should be in a workplace where people won't stop saying shit that makes them uncomfortable. I think that's fucked up, and that is such an old cliche. It's just men talking. It's just men talking about how Gary's wife's got a big fat ass. It's just men talking. Like, fuck you, dude. Like, I, I, I've, I've worked many different places, and, like, I, I've never been like, oh, it's real uncomfortable. These guys won't stop. I'd be like, dude, you need to fucking stop or I'm going to fucking HR. Shut the fuck up. Like, seriously, keep it professional. Like, you know, if you want to have a conversation about your girlfriend's vagina... Do it when someone that's uncomfortable with it isn't around. He Maybe she should just hang around the other places in the water cooler. I mean, I think, A, they need to stop. But, B, I think he's in a bad culture, especially if the boss is like, that's a big fat ass. Like, um, you're clearly in a fucked place. You should go to HR and also find another job because this isn't going to go, this isn't going to end well. Like, yes, you should stay and try to change the culture, but also should be subjected to something that makes you, like, super uncomfortable. That'd be like if I worked at a place where they were, like, super racist and they're like, it's just, you know, it's just white men talking. I'd be like, yeah, nope. Yeah, that would actually make me uncomfortable, too. I yeah. would, um... 
I would probably try to start seeking an exit strategy. Yeah, seeking an exit strategy and fucking... God, oh, like, and record them and put it on YouTube. That yeah. way, you know, I can fuck them over additionally. Yeah, put, put that shit out there and be like, oh, it's just men talking. Just locker room... Like, I hate that fucking It's just excuse. locker room talk. Oh, I, yeah, that was fucked up. Like, that was Trump admitting to sexual assault. That was not locker room talk. I, I hate that so much. Oh, my God. Like... I've 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 had I've had what would probably be considered not appropriate conversations at jobs I've worked before, but it's never in front of people who are like super. Un, you know, what I mean? I'm not subjecting the whole staff to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, another thing is that I don't know explicitly what they were saying that was making him uncomfortable. So in my own mind, I'm just running like less terrible things through my head. Like, yeah, my wife leaned over to vacuum the floor the other day, and I was like, whoa-wee, that's a nice ass. So I'm picturing stuff that would be more mundane when they could be saying you, much your, worse stuff. Your sexual fantasies, Pat, are fucking terrifying. <laughs> I mean, that's not my fantasy. I'm, that's what I'm picturing other your, people's ideas of a fantasy is. Your fantasy of other people's fantasies fucking... It bothers me on a very strange level. <laughs> Is it, I don't. I don't know what it was about lusting are, after. Are you gonna? Are you gonna go up to HR about it? <laughs> we don't, Those muckrakers, HR. Who's our HR rep? Wesley. Wesley. Oh, I don't know if he's gonna solve it, but yeah, just there's something. It's because you add the mundane detail of like she's your wife. It's fine, but she's vacuuming. I don't know why that is so weird. It's like that episode of The Simpsons where was it Bart that was flying a kite at night and Marge didn't like children <laughs> playing at night. So yeah. unsettling about flying a kite at night. Yeah, yeah. So like the wife's vacuuming, right? And so she sees like a quarter on the floor and you can't vacuum that up. So she has to bend over to get the quarter and you're like, oh, that's a nice view of that ass in the bathrobe. And it's just, ooh. Yeah, that just that 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 makes me sad <laughs> and uncomfortable in weird ways. I'm going Speaking to Wesley. of of, <laughs> you're going to Wesley. I'm going to Wesley about this. But uh, speaking of uh, sad and uncomfortable and weird ways, we're going to have to cut the uh, podcast uh, short this week because uh, I got a thing to get to. Okay. But this is almost uh, an hour. It's um, three quarters of an hour. Well, if anyone doesn't like it, they can take it up with our HR <laughs> rep, Wesley. Peter, tell them where they can contact Wesley at. Uh, you can contact Wesley by sucking a dick sideways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that's where you uh, asked me to hit him with the socials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit him with the socials and that sideways dick, Pat. Uh, if you would like to uh, report us to HR, you can do so at those muckrakers <laughs> <laughs> at those muckrakers on Twitter. Uh, you can also do it at those muckrakers at gmail.com. You can write us in with your own uh, dear Wesleys. Give us your own stories about your wife vacuuming the carpet and how nice her ass is in that uh, bathrobe uh, with all of her curlers still in. Uh, you can write to Wesley and tell him about how upset you are by those little details about uh, how I picture you talking about your own wife. You can, uh, if you would like to give us racist rants about how you don't like uh, a student's two fathers being married, uh, you can shove that up your ass sideways. If, uh... <laughs> Everything sideways. And if you would like to support us, you can buy Dusk Belt Book 1, Give Me Back My Life. Uh, book 2 will be out at some point this month, most likely. And next year, you can expect 12 more books. Uh, collect them all. <laughs>